New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Molly Rowan Leach. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Martin Adams, author of Land, A New Paradigm for a Thriving World. Welcome, Martin, to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to have you here, and we've been having a rich conversation about this new paradigm, and it brought both of us back to the manifesto of New Dimensions Radio. New Dimensions has been on the airwaves, spreading seeds of dialogue and planting seeds of wisdom and growing them for over 40 years. So I'd love to start out, if I might, by just sharing with people the depth of this manifesto. It is only through a change in consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected as we expand our awareness of body, mind, psyche, and spirit and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. So springing off of the depth of of that, what is alive for you as it interweaves with land and with uh, our current presence with with what we're facing Mm -hmm. even though i talk about economics what i really talk about is the same thing as what new dimensions is about which is a shift in consciousness you cannot have a new paradigm a new economic paradigm without a shift in our global consciousness this shift in consciousness would essentially create this new economic paradigm And when I talk about a new paradigm, what I'm talking about really is a remembrance that we're all in this together. Um, And that despite our differences, or perhaps even because of our differences, we are best served to work together for the benefit of the whole. And, you know, I'm a flawed human being. I do my part and then I make mistakes and so forth. But even so, with the with the mistakes that I carry within me in my in my personality, it's okay to to be a flawed human being and to just do your small part in in working together uh, with the whole. I mention this with my own example because what I'm talking about, which is working together, does not. I don't mean to imply that you have to be perfect or that you have to have it all together in order mm-hmm. to to really put forth efforts to to make this world a more hospitable and welcoming place. Martin, how do you feel fear playing a role in prohibiting us from expanding our consciousness and our ability to truly live and breathe our interconnectivity, mm-hmm. while of course still maintaining an understanding that we are unique individuals mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. as a part of this greater whole? How does fear inhibit us, um, especially as it concerns land and property and, the, and so yeah. forth? 
Well, fear has many expressions in life. Um, greed is one expression of fear. And of course, we see rampant greed when it comes to money and Wall Street and uh, land, really, because Wall Street, most of uh, Wall Street's existence is essentially based on, on incomes from land through mortgages. And so the rampant greed that we witness uh, existing within the culture of Wall Street is really a, pre a deep seated fear that may not even be conscious to the people that are part of uh, Wall Street. But really what, what uh, this creates is a culture of scarcity. Uh, because there's fear, it then finds an expression in the physical realm uh, of one of scarcity. And the more scarcity you create in the physical realm, the more it leads back to fear and people feeling like there's not enough. And so this this cycle really has to be broken or interrupted. And the best, I would say, that the only way to do this is by taking a stand for love and say, you know what, yes, this is real according to our current reality, but it doesn't have to be this way. And there is another way. There is a better way. There's a way that really takes care of everyone. What is that way and how can we get there? And the more we ask ourselves these questions, I think the more likely it would be to walk that path. Mm. Occupy Wall Street uh, started asking, asking these questions. It reminds me of a colleague and perhaps a, a colleague of yours as well, Velcro Ripper, who is a documentarian. And he put together an extraordinary film called Occupy Love and also has produced films of note, Fierce Light, When Spirit Meets Action. And Charles Eisenstein, our friend, was, I believe, featured in a few of those films. Highly recommend his work. But this concept of occupying love, as you're touching on Occupy Wall Street, it seems so simple. How do we engage this trust that really lines up also with that element of love. You know, love is such a powerful force. Hmm. Love, it, it could be argued, love is the basis of this universe and, and of gravity mm -hmm. and of yeah. the glue of the cosmos. Mm. And so in our day-to-day -day lives, it seems like it is such a challenge to remember just that simple concept of, of such great power of love and of rebuilding our trust in this world. And I'm not quite sure how to frame that so that you might respond, but I'm hoping you will in your take, your meaning around trust and rebuilding it in the midst of a very broken and very unfair system. It's a really good question. In my personal life, where I've started rebuilding trust is whenever I've come back to myself and back to a self-honesty and said, hey, I screwed up, um, I'm sorry, uh, let me fix this, let me clean up and approach this new situation from a higher place within me. So I realized uh, some time ago that, you know, life isn't about perfection because it can't be achieved, um, but it is about being real and being who you are. Mm. Um, and and that includes uh, 
realizing, you know, the times that you were not perfect or you were not authentic, I should say. Um, and that could potentially be applied to society as well. Once we realize that, oh, actually, we're all in this together. And in order for us to come from a place of love, we need to just acknowledge that we've, we've not taken care of each other uh, the way we should have. Um, and the more honest we are about that, uh, I think the more ready we might be to take the next step into love. Thank you. On that thread, let's share a bit some of your writings regarding interfaith paradigm and uh, views from all these many traditions, rich traditions that we have in this world um, that come back to pretty much the same foundation as it regards land, as it regards living with Mother Earth. Different religions and faith traditions throughout human history have always reminded us that we are but tenants here on this earth and that the earth does not belong to us but that we really belong to the earth um, the bible many parts of the bible it says that the earth that nature is a gift um, it even prohibits permanent land ownership and even provides land leasing guidance i think in leviticus uh, while really saying that the profit of the land is for all hinduism you have that too you know you, you there's a uh, there's a passage that says that the soil is the common property of all in islam you have that too the prophet said that the people are partners in three things water land and energy essentially um, buddhism you have another expression uh, buddhism essentially states that uh, principle of right livelihood is essential on the path of enlightenment and you know stealing is not inclusive in that path of right livelihood so if you really make money from land you, you you make money from community and you essentially are stealing from community and so i think you can also imply that buddhism wishes uh, there to be a more sustainable and fair uh, economy so all throughout human history, you've really had um, interfaith traditions advocating for a holistic view of the earth. Of course, the indigenous people, I mean, they said it the best, which is you, you can't even own the earth. Right. You know, when there were conflicts between indigenous tribes, it was always about the right to use land, never about the ownership of land. Just in closing here, it just seems so foreign to drive around and see real estate signs. And it reminds me of the movie, The English Patient, where one of the main characters talks about Herodotus and a world without maps and divisions, you know, without mm -hmm. county lines and division lines and this demarcation that we as humans seem so compelled to do and to profit off of. Mm -hmm. And I love how you tie it back to our, our native wisdom keepers. Um, and just want to honor them and to thank our elders of the Six Nations and indigenous peoples for holding the flame of wisdom surrounding our true place as equals with Mother Earth and as learners of her wisdom. So thank you so much, Martin. Thank you, Molly. I really appreciate it. We've been speaking with Martin Adams, author of Land, 
a new paradigm for a thriving world. And he's also the executive director of progress.org. If you'd like more information about the work of Martin Adams, please go to unitism.com or you can also visit newdimensions.org. I'm Molly Rowan Leach, and I want to thank you for joining us at New Dimensions Cafe. Please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.